Blog Talk Radio. Everybody get up. Here on Off the Chain It's 8 o'clock down in sunny Florida I'm your host Yvonne Mason And to end the week We have one of the most Fascinating women that I have Ever had the pleasure to interview I will tell you all about her shortly So y'all just gotta wait First, I want to welcome all of you to the show. As you know, we're heard in over 200 countries. With all the podcasts, we have over 200,000 listeners, and we're growing daily. This is not my show. I lost this show 
two years ago when I started it. This is your show, ladies and gentlemen, and I am so humbled and appreciative that you, the listener, you, the guest, continue to come back and be a part of Off the Chain. So welcome and thank you for joining us. There are two ways to get on this show, and we're already booking up shows for February. This is how far in advance the guests are set up for this show. You can either come on as a guest or you can come on as a sponsor. I am not in the in the business to make money for sponsors for this show. For 10 bucks for 30 days, I'll run your ad. I'll do it either as an MP3 or I'll read the ad. You just let me know which one. If you want to come on as a guest or if you want to come on as a sponsor, contact me at offthechainradio at yahoo.com and I will tell you how you can do it. And with that being said, I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show. It's called Audio Bookworm Promotions. And this is what Jess says. Looking for a listen? Adopt Don't Shop for your next audiobook favorite. The Adopt an Audiobook program has new releases and audiobooks of every genre. All audiobooks are free to interested reviewers. That's the key words, ladies and gentlemen. You have to review the audiobook. Simply listen and share your thoughts. Welcome, Jess, with Audiobook Worms Promotion. J. Traveler Pelton is an author. She has been on this show, and she has a series of books called the Oberlin Series. The Infant Conspiracy is now available on Amazon, both in paperback and ebook, and it starts a few years after rebooting the Oberlin's book left off. Noel and Violent Oberlin spent their adult careers working special assignments for the U.S. government, which was a family tradition of service. But after 40 of years of espionage, all they wanted was a peaceful retirement in the country. And just as it seemed that dream might happen, an unplanned series of events forced their overachieving adult children to return home to live with the folks and their siblings. All four of them driven out of their homes by different aspects of a government that had gone quite insane. Kai, a genetist with Zanya, his wife. Gabriel, a bomb expert turned nurse with their grandson, little Gabe. Jasmine, a forensic psychiatrist married to Scott, a CPA, all join the siblings that are still at home, which consists of Micah, an autistic savant, and Serena, an artist. They all start uncovering a secretive group of people led by the Ice Lady, whose main goal appears to be to take the Earth's population down from 4 billion to 500 million within the next 10 years. Having infiltrated the governments of most developed countries and released an airborne anti-fertility virus, the Brotherhood succeeded in forcing a zero fertility rate. In the meantime, the economy of the U.S. tank, the government sells all citizens who have debt into slavery within a system so harsh that civil disorder breaks out. Serenity Retreat Center is forced to become a slave labor camp, and the family is compelled back into special service to save the center, their tribe, the United States, and humanity from extinction. And if you thought retirement was simply about money, this book will change your mind. Now, Diane Mote, who has also been on this show, sends a special thank you to the country of Australia, who is our biggest listening base on Blog Talk Radio, because her books, the Sam Holden series, went to number one in Australia. Sam Holden is our our favorite vigilante is back. The third book in the series has just been released. In Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other side. Sounds like a political sandwich to me. Will her double life be exposed? Will Sam be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Mote everywhere ebooks are sold. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't yet started the series, be sure to begin with Diane Moat. I mean, Doggone by Diane Moat on Amazon. And with that, I want to welcome our guest to the show so we can get right into this most amazing show. So ladies and gentlemen, sit back, kick up your heels, get your favorite beverage, and get ready for a ride and a half. You might want to buckle your seatbelts for this one. Radio host and author Allison Donahue sits down with us to discuss the new paradigm of existence. People need to understand they matter regardless of their opinion. And as humans, we need to take 
time to tell people that in every opportunity. Allison is a radio host of Think Opposite, author of an international best-selling book, Think Opposite, Using the Domino Effect to Change Your Business, Change the World, Speaker, and a cause and effect strategist that will expand your mind in ways you don't think possible. So, ladies and gentlemen, open up your mind tonight. Through the lens of her own innate curiosity, she ignites and challenges people to reflect on the opposite view. What a concept. From a very early age, Allison had a natural gift in being able to hold space for both sides of the conversation without bias, judgment, or personal opinion. She takes that natural gift to now challenge people to think about the mental constructs they have built and don't question. Given Allison's personal experience with life, she is the depiction of resilience and sees the humor and life's challenges. Today, she empowers people to make the most factual, there's a key word, people, factual decision possible by considering all consequences. She is of the belief that it is not about following status quo in which our mind expands, rather It is in the questioning of our own thoughts that allows people a space to be themselves. Allison, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show tonight, and let's get started. Oh, thank you so much. I've been really looking forward to spending some time with you, so I'm so happy it's here. Well, we are going to have fun. Before the show, we were talking about being enough. I was going to delve back into the history of when you were a child and how you got here, but let's just, let's just get with it because (laughs) there was a time when I would say that 99% of the population never thought they were enough. Mm. Oh, it's totally true. I think that's one of the biggest uh, mental diseases out there is our inability (laughs) to think that we're enough. Like, forget all the other stuff that we're medicating. I think once we can get to a place where we can understand we're enough, a lot of that other stuff goes away. I agree. Because, okay, let's see. There's a pill for anxiety. There's a pill for depression. There's a pill for um, uh, lackadaisical attitudes. There's as as in Alice in Wonderland, there's a pill to be smaller, there's a pill to be bigger, there's a pill to sleep, there's a pill to stay awake. We are pilled to death. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's it's crazy and it's so automatic and we want that quick fix and we want and it, what we don't understand is once we start doing that work internally, that is the quick fix. And it's the healthier fix. Natural way to fix that which we thought was broken and it really it might be a little bit but it's not broken we have been conditioned to believe that we're not enough that there's something wrong with us because we don't think like the person next to us we don't behave a certain way we don't speak a certain way we're from the wrong part of the country we're from the wrong side of the tracks we don't dress a certain way we have been conditioned all of our lives to believe this and as we were talking before the show the tv is our worst enemy (laughs) all of it um it's it's an accumulation i think of it we spend so much time in front of tv and because i think we get really mindless in front of tv we're just absorbing without question and i think that's the big danger um, you know, I got to love me a good Netflix bi- a Netflix binge every <laughs> once in a while. Um, but but I, even then, I, you know, sometimes I will find myself watching something and, and I start feeling kind of bad about myself. And I'm like, whoa, where's that coming from? And then I realize once I was paying attention to what I'm watching that it has such an impact. And, and sometimes, would you agree, Allison, that it's not even con- – just like you said, it's not conscious – it's the unconscious that takes over and says, look at you. You can mm. be blonde. You can be skinny. You can be a man killer. You're really empowered. And it's all lies. It is. And we believe it because it seems easy and it's shiny and it's packaged. And I think one of the reasons we believe it, too, is it feeds into our sense of um, low self-worth. And so it taps into that bit, and then we don't trust ourselves that we're enough, and then we have to take the magic pill. 
which of course doesn't and, work, but then it must be our fault and it goes back into, you know, suppressing our self-worth over and over and over again. And I think once we can get out of that self-worth loop and understand our own inherent worth, um, we will always be negatively impacted by the things around us. You know, our parents saying, why can't you be more like your sister? Our teachers saying, why can't you be smarter? Why can't you sit still? You know, and then the media and the TV, like we were talking about, it all just contributes to um, us thinking we're not worthy. Or or, or our spouses say, why can't you be like my mother? Why can't you be more like my father? Or why can't you be more like my ex-girlfriend or my ex-boyfriend? And what we forget is when we were created, we were not created out of a cookie cutter. We were all created differently and uniquely, and we have to tap into those talents and those things that are good about Mm. us. Yeah. To feel good about ourselves, because unless we feel good about ourselves, guess what? We can't feel good about anybody else. <laughs> that is so true. It's a cliche, but it's true. You know, it's um, it, and I, you know, I think too. We were talking about this before we went live here um, about how we are. I believe inherently worthy, like we are born with worth because we are born as a miracle. Like if you think about it, this tiny itty bitty little sperm managed to make its way all the way ahead of all the other little sperms to catch an egg and to hatch you. And that is incredible. Like if we take a second and actually think about how magnificent that is, like we shouldn't be alive. That shouldn't have happened. The odds were not in our favor. (laughs) And yet here we are. And when we can marvel in that, I think that's what gets us so um, aware of our own worth. We have to be worthy in order to have made it here. And and to be to understand we are worthy, then it sets the dynamic of how humbling that is that we are worthy. Mhm. Yeah, We're and not then humbled. we stop looking right. Exactly. When we stop looking from looking for our worth from other sources. Right. And, you know, when we feel like we're being victimized, we're looking to get our value from someone else. Right. Why doesn't that person ever listen to me? Oh, poor me. I'm a victim of that person not listening. And yet we think if they listen to us, now we have value. Well, we have value whether they listen to us or not. And so it's that stopping getting that worth from other places. It's really tuning into the language that we're using when we keep ourselves a victim, because as long as we are in this victim space, we will never acknowledge our worth. And, 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 and being in that victim space sets up another dynamic of we are allowing another human being to dictate to us, not only our worth, but our thoughts, our feelings, our ideas and our journey. Mm. Yeah, and when we have worth, we just don't allow that to happen. No, absolutely. Right? You know, like before, the just, show, before the show, I told you that I became a bounty hunter, and people said, you can't because you're a woman. And then I said, big deal. And they said, you can't because you're 4'11". I said, big deal. And they said, you can't because you'll get killed. And I said, I've already been in an abusive relationship for 18 years, so what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. I love it. And if you were looking for validation elsewhere, you never would have gotten to that place where you would be like, "Uh, I don't care, I'm doing it. Exactly. I went Mm -hmm. to college at 52 years old and people are saying, have you lost your mind? And I said, no, I finally found it. (laughs) That's beautiful. I know where I'm going now. And it may change, and you might be totally fine with that, right? Like it's that enjoying the journey that we're on, knowing that we don't have to have it all figured out, right? We just have to know who we are in the moment. Right. And and Mm -hmm. I'm okay with who I am. And that includes my my faults and everything. I, I used to tell my children, look, I am opinionated, I'm domineering, and I'm overbearing. Those are my good qualities. Too. <laughs> you either take me or you don't. I don't right. care. 
But I'm willing yes. to listen. If you have a differing opinion, if we're having a discussion and, and we differ in our opinions and we differ in our beliefs, I'm okay to listen. I'm okay to have a dialogue because guess what? I will learn something. Right. And your self-worth isn't tied up in no. making me agree with you. Absolutely and we were talking not. about this as well earlier too. It's that um, I think so much of the, our inability to hold conversation with each other and hold space for disagreement comes from if I don't convert you to my way, I am somehow not worthy that my opinion's not worthy and therefore I'm not worthy unless you agree with me. So I'm going to keep trying really, really hard to make you agree with me so that I can start feeling worthy. But if we start with worth, then you and I can disagree with things and it doesn't matter because and I'm we don't have worthy to, regardless. And, yeah, we don't have to wind up call, and we don't have to wind up calling each other names to make ourselves feel better because we disagree. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that's such an effective method of communication, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that that really that works really well to win friends and influence people. <laughs> That's right. But you know what? In in true transparency, telling somebody they're an ass sometimes just feels really good. And well, that's true. I'm not always proud of the fact that sometimes it feels good, but the reality is, that sometimes it does. Well, you know, there's an old adage. If one person calls you an ass, you can ignore it. If two people call you an ass, you might want to think about it. When that third person calls you an ass, guess what? You probably are. (laughs) Right. And it's about having open dialogue, right? Exactly. So if three people have called you an ass, let's figure out how to fix it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or love that about yourself and embrace it. Right. Okay. Right. Like there's nothing wrong. With going through life as an exactly that's how you want to go through your life. Go hard, own it, be proud of it, um, and, and don't apologize it. for it. Yeah. Right. And, and just mm-hmm. because people go around calling you an ass, understand you've embraced yeah. it. So, so be proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> because you're never going to please everybody, and it's not our job to please everybody. It's our job to please ourselves. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's. If if we can get back, like we were we were talking before the show, my my husband and I are both political types. We love politics. We love the idea of politics. Of now, I'm not talking about this garbage that we got going on now. I'm talking about real politics, the real debate, the real exchanging of ideas, the real of the bouncing of the ball back and forth, up and down the court. But you have these pundits that are on television now, and it's a 24/7 news because we have decided that we needed to be propagandized with all this garbage. Mm -hmm. And when you hear them talking, they are so unsure of what they're talking about. They double speak. They rattle off all this stuff as fact, and they don't know Jack. Right, because it's all fake news. Yes, everything. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it is because nobody takes the time to actually understand what they're talking about. And in part because we're lazy, but in part, I think there are so many smoke and mirrors now. I don't know if we can actually get to the bottom of things. If take the time to another overused saying, peel back the layers, and I mean really peel back the layers. And I'm talking about go back to old journalistic journalism where your street reporter dug and dug and dug and dug and dug until they found the answer. And it might not be the answer they were expecting, but it's still the answer. They don't do Mm. that anymore. Yeah. I think we can get close to an answer. Um, I think we can try to collect facts and double check our facts, but everything that's told to us is told through a biased lens. Yes. Right. And so when we can start knowing that any, unless you're dealing with like gravity, which is like a truth, (laughs) if you throw it up, it's coming down. Um, But when you're dealing with philosophical things, I think so much of it is, and not all of it is based on feeling and indoctrination and, um, you know, what's been passed down through our families, our geography and, I think we can 
broaden the base of our understanding and hopefully in doing so consider more evidence or facts for what they are. Um, but I, I think it's important to know that we'll never know the absolute truth. Well, and, and you you got to remember also, Allison, because my background is criminal justice, there's a difference in truth and facts. Mm-hmm. Truth can be yeah. what someone believes as truth. Facts are indisputable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that two plus two equals four. Someone mm-hmm. else might say, oh, no, two plus two equals five because I believe it. To them, that is their truth. <laughs> Yes, yes, and we might want to check their math or at least ask them to not do our own finances, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I have a background in criminology, and um, so it's definitely that, and I, I spent time working at a federal halfway house, and it was so interesting seeing um, evidence and because we got to see all of the um, court transcripts and yep. seeing the evidence and seeing what was presented, how it was interpreted, why it was interpreted that way. Like there were some things I read, and I'm just like, I don't even understand how they got this verdict. I don't understand. <laughs> they, you know, it's, um, it's hmm? law can be interpreted. And, and my daughter-in-law and I were just discussing this. You can take one case law. The defense can use it for their side. And the prosecutor can use it for that their side because you can interpret law any way you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's and and we don't even necessarily have to believe it to distort it. Exactly. And right? this is because what's happening in our society. Yeah. I, yeah, I know we're becoming. I, I think part of the problem is is that we're so inundated with information. Like it's coming. Mm-hmm. Like I, back at university, I read this book called The Ingenuity Gap by Thomas Thomas Homer Dixon, and he talked about back then how we don't have the capacity to keep up with the um, influx of information. So back then, you would have one phone, and you had to you know, get off the phone in order for somebody else to call you. (laughs) So you would just get busy signals. There was no voicemail. And then we got voicemail. And so now while you were on the phone, you end up with like 10 messages. And so now there's more to answer to. And then you have a fax machine. And now we have email and Facebook and all of this place, all of this information is coming into us. And we just do not have enough time in the day to filter it. Um, and to assess it. So then we just jump on the bandwagon of something that feels close to something we think maybe we believe, and then we want to die on those mountains. And such a horrible, horrible death. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't get, you do not get a ribbon at the end of this race called life for being right. No, you don't. You you really don't. And, And bottom line is, do we want to be right all the time or do we want to live our self-worth? Well, and is there a right? <laughs> right? Good point. So here we are. We're fighting to be right. We're miserable to be right. And then at the end of the day, what we thought was right, we've now maybe changed our mind about because we've gotten more information. We've had deeper conversations with people. We've had a life experience that changes our outlook. And now what we were so fighting for um, is no longer really what we thought it was. And then we've made all these people unhappy, and most of them are (laughs) enemies that aren't speaking to us anymore. (laughs) Which may be good, maybe bad. And we still feel no better about ourselves. Right, because we were still trying to get our worth out there for making people to agree with us. You know, when I was younger, I was, like, extremely pro-choice, and I would argue with anybody about that until um, I was blue in the face. Um, and as I got older, well, I still am a big um, supporter of pro-choice because I think people should have a right to choose whatever that may be, whether it's assisted suicide, whether it's, you know, abortion, whatever it is. I think when we lose our ability to decide, uh, it's a slippery slope. Um and I, and I, but now I can hear conversations with other people who disagree with me, and I can assess and I can incorporate that. But what I realized is I was so 
um, hung up on arguing about pro-choice because to me it symbolized freedom, it symbolized choice, um, it symbolized all of these things that I didn't have in my life. And so as I got myself off welfare, as I got more choices, as I felt more confident and secure, I didn't need to use pro-choice as a way to get all of those things for myself because I was getting them fed more constructively. And so while I still believe what I believe, I don't need, I'm not motivated to fight for it the way I used to. And and I'm willing to think, okay, yes, I, I strongly believe in this, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> but you, you don't, because you understand your self-worth. And we're going to take a pause because this is a good good way, good time to take a break and pay a few bills. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain with your host, Yvonne Mason. And the first half of this hour, I don't know where it went. But I am with radio host and, and author Allison Donahue, and we are having the most amazing conversation about the domino effect. So stay tuned, and we will be right back. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit quinnwildlifeart.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. A struggling city, its beloved baseball team, an antique camera, and photos from that camera that bear an image from the pit of hell, an entity only a select few can see. Journalism professor Buddy Cullen is determined to track this demon down. But who is the hunter and who is the prey? And who will be the next target of mankind's mortal foe? Mortal Foe, available at Amazon.com. This is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. Dot com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> you so silly. You silly. Remember Did you write that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. The book Ruined Days is at Amazon. Is it true? Travis's dad ruined America's Day on November 22nd, 1963. Travis is still feeling the repercussions. He sets out from Kansas to ruin some days himself. Why? He's really, really pissed. When the same people who killed JFK kills his aunt and a new girlfriend, they become the hunted. Amazon by Ganat Wise. Ruined days. The year, 1888. The place, London's East End. Dead and mutilated bodies are popping up all over, from Stamford to Whitechapel. Jack the Ripper is leaving his mark, and the city's on edge. Yvonne Mason is back with a tale of murder and millinery. The Rhodes Hat Factory is booming while the body count rises. Why now? How are these hats connected? Has the Hatter gone mad? Mad Hatter from Yvonne Mason. Available now on Amazon.com. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my delightful guest. Radio host and author, Allison Donahue. And we are talking about understanding our own self-worth and understanding that 
we cannot get our self-worth from others because then we become a victim. We belong to them. And we have to be willing to have discussions with open-mindedness and debate with open-mindedness and the willingness to learn. And we also have to be willing as we grow and become more filled with knowledge and wisdom to maybe sometimes change our mind about what hills we want to die on. Right, Allison? Uh, absolutely. I want to pick the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a control freak. I'm not sure, but I want to pick. <laughs> well, and not every battle is worth dying on. I mean, it's it, not. I talk, so I few talk, of them are. Really? Because in, in, at the end of the day, at, at the end of our lives, all of these battles that we picked or fought, were they worth it? <laughs> I don't think many of them are. At least I know the things that I used to argue about. Um, I don't, I'm glad I didn't die on those mountains. I, You know, I think that I'm in this much better space because I'm allowed, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing neutrality to come into my conversations. And it is such an empowering experience. Like we talk about empowerment like it's a word that we understand. But I don't know how many times we actually spend thinking about that word. And, you know, there's tons of words I think that we experience and we don't actually consciously experience, like feminism and um, esteem and equality, all of these kind of things. And I think empowerment is one of them. But when we can get to a place of neutrality um, and we're not being impacted by um, other people, it's less of a roller coaster, and it's just there's a freedom in it. And we don't have to spend our time defending mm. those words that. Be- okay, let you brought up the F word. The longest F word going? <laughs> yeah, that one. My mother, God love her. I was born in the '51, so that, I'm a I'm a post-World War II baby. I'm part of the baby boomers. My mother was born way before her time. She was a free thinker. She was independent. She taught my sister and myself how to be independent, but also how to be empowered, to respect others, men and women, to understand that there are two different roles. We are two different, believe it or not, genders. We were made that way for a reason. And we... We can still be feminist and feminine, still be a woman, and still do what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's such a shame that there is this thinking that we can't embrace the feminine while being feminists. And I like being female. I don't Me want too. to be... I don't want to be a guy. I don't want to act like a guy. I don't want to do guy things. I I would like it when a guy holds the door open for me. Does that make me an evil human being? I don't think so. Um, But talking to some people. (laughs) You would think they'd slapped him in the face. Oh, I know. And I'm constantly being accused of being (laughs) anti-feminist. When I'm accused of that, I look at him and go, are you flipping kidding me? How do you think I got where I got? It wasn't by being a man. I'm going to tell you, I got that way because I am a feminine feminist. I am respected by men. Men very seldom tell me no, and I don't have to be brash, rude, crude, sociably unacceptable. I can be a nice southern lady and still get my way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm very feminine about it. And I don't have to put men down to do it. I like, like you, mm-hmm. I like having the door open for me. I like being yeah. called ma'am. I like being treated like I'm a woman. I'm proud of it. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I think there's a mistake that goes into um, talking about like the whole equality thing. Like I believe in political equality, so I believe that in the face of the law, we should be treated the same. Um, law should be applied the same to men as they are to women. It shouldn't have the blinders on when it comes, yes. or it should have blinders on. It should not be able to see our gender. I believe women should get to vote. But outside of that, I'm not sure how I feel about equality. 
um, because there are things that women can do that are so much better than what men can do and vice versa. And when we talk about equality, we lose the ability to celebrate that in each other. And I think... um, I think it's. I think it does us all a disservice by not saying, "Whoa, that's fantastic! You can do that." Well, what what I feel that has happened is we have mentally and emotionally castrated men by treating them less than their gender. We don't treat mm-hmm. animals the way we treat men, and women that, that put on this feminine movement that make me want to gag. And and just knock them in the head just to get their attention. They have they have been become part of the problem where men are concerned. They say men are useless, men are worthless. Well, guess what? They've taken their own lack of self worth and thrown it on these men. So these <laughs> men have have done exactly what was expected of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Self fulfilled prophecies, right? Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> Yeah, and when you start looking at groups like MGTOW, Men Going Their Own Way, and some of the more extreme men's rights activists and stuff, we have to look at where feminism is going and saying, ooh, is this a dangerous road that we're on? And I think we can do things better than how they've been done. And doing to, like my son dates, and, you know, he had a woman one time say to him, well, it's men's turn to suffer. Women have been suffering at men's hands all these years, so now it's time to turn it around. No. And I'm thinking, whoa, and you're like 25 years old, and this is how you're going through your life? Like, come on. You can't have that much hatred towards 50% of the population. Because one day you're going to need a man for something. Not just, and, and, and it's because he is a man. For instance, how many of these feminists can change the tire on their car? <laughs> okay, here's a question for you. How many feminists are going to want to be on a sinking ship and not engage in women and children first? Oh, I would dare to say zero. That would be <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to hang back, but if we're going to talk about, you know, fairness, then do we not talk? Right, so do we not say to the man, oh, you have six children, you're the main breadwinner, you have more value than me, please leave the thinking ship first. No, women just like, right, so we can't pick and choose, and we do, and, you know, there's um, a great movie out called, a documentary called The Red Pill, Um, Cassie J., um, produced it, and she, it was her documentary. And and I just, she started as a strong feminist, and by the end of the movie, she was like, "Whoa, I, I don't think I'm a feminist anymore," because um, <laughs> she was talking to the men in sort of these kinds of conversations that she was having. And she does a great TED talk um, where she says, "We have to stop expecting to be offended." And and I think if we could apply that to pretty much everything, whoa, life would become easier. I and I agree. So let's let's take this a step further. When mm-hmm. when they took when these when these women these sports announcer women these sports commentators these women sports commentators demanded to be able to go into the locker room, mm-hmm. and understanding that when men are in a locker room, it's not a place I think that real women want to be <laughs> because. And it certainly doesn't smell good. No. (laughs) And things go on in there that would offend their delicate little ears. That is not the place for a woman. I'm sorry. It isn't. I wouldn't want a man in my room. (laughs) If you are a woman, you're going there. Don't complain about what's going on. Right. Right. If you see scratching his balls or flipping his buddy on the naked ass, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Accept it, right? Like that's that's what goes on, and they shouldn't have to change it because there's a woman in the room. I Thank own um, a house painting company, and so it's a male-dominated industry. It's like 84% male, and when I got involved in it, I kind of had to do that. Whoa, I can't expect the industry to change just because I am now involved with it. So I have to figure out how to make this work for me, um, so that I can still show up as who I am and still function in this male-dominated industry. But and I allow them to be who they are. 
Yeah, they didn't ask me to join their painting club. They didn't ask me to start my own business in their industry. And honestly, most of them were really pissed off that I did. Um, And some of them still are 20 years later. (laughs) But (laughs) um, that's just par for the course. But I I couldn't go into it expecting it to change for me. And I think that's some of the mistakes that we make is that we show up somewhere and we're like, oh, this needs to all be different because I'm here now. And again, we're back to that lack of self-worth. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've broken this barrier, so now I'm important. No, you didn't break the barrier. You stepped into a man's world and expected it to change to suit you. That isn't going to happen. I was talking to somebody one time, and they were – Complaining that they were sexually harassed at the um, with the RCMP, the our um, national police force up here, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and so it's a cross Canada police force. And um, she was there was a dildo put in her desk drawer, <laughs> and she was explaining to me how this was sexually offensive. And I said, "Well, don't they do that for all rookies?" And she goes, "Well, yeah." And I said, so shouldn't you have just said thanks for treating me like everybody else? And she was like, well, no, it's sexually offensive. But (laughs) she was just being treated like one of the guys, (laughs) which is actually. Right. And so, again, that comes down to that expecting to be offended. It's um, and we end up having this really fascinating conversation about all of this. And she was like, I never even thought of it that way. Um, she said it was just, you know, we we lose track of what's going on outside of us once we start getting offended and we get our back up. And that's not a great place to be, especially like when we get involved with male-dominated spaces. Men um, push boundaries and mm-hmm. test differently than women do. So putting a dildo in her desk was their way of testing her to see if she could cut it. And, and also of of an acceptance as one of mm-hmm. their own. Yeah. And yeah. Just, and if you fail the test, it. you're not going to be accepted. Right. And she failed the test because she was yeah. quote unquote offended. Seriously, if she had worked in some of the environments I worked in back in the day, she has no idea what being offended means. You know what I did? I had to suck it up. Mm-hmm. It was, and you dealt with yeah. it, and because I knew who I was. Mhm. Yeah. And when you can show up with that sense of worth, that's why I think this whole worth thing is the key to all of it. Um, we don't need to get offended. We can stay neutral. We don't, we can have conversations. We can say, Hey guys, like we can joke about it and then say, can we just not do that again? <laughs> right. Or figure out. Hmm? It was fun the first time, but let's not do it again. Yeah, like I get that, you know, carrying these things around gets you guys all excited, but can, you know, (laughs) can can we stop? (laughs) So it's not that we have to put up with it, but we do get to decide how we set up those boundaries around it and, um, and do it in a respectful way, in a way that's coming from our feminine energy and not this misplaced aggression so often we think as women we have to move into um, these aggressive type responses because we're in a guy so we have to like scratch our crotch and act like men and then we were fully immersed in this toxic masculinity and we're not even good at it no and never will be <laughs> right? so why don't we use the feminine tools that we are good at and um, and just engage that way. But somehow that's been turned into something wrong. Well, because you have all these women out there that, that are, I guess they're offended that they're women and they mm-hmm. want to be men or they want to be like men and they don't understand that they actually have tools in their quiver that they can use and empower their world to the point that they can bring the men around to their way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's balance, right? Like the world loves balance. The universe yes. is constantly trying to create it. So as women, if we are showing up 
um, as men, we're naturally at an un- imbalance. So when we show up as women, we balance out the level, we level out the playing field, and it becomes um, more conducive, and we can actually become more productive and make greater leaps, I believe, um, when we show up that way than trying to show up as a gender or not. Well, you know the old adage, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Women have forgotten that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although when we do talk about that, what I hear people talking about, though, is that we don't need men because we rock, rock the cradle. But oh, we Lord. forget that without men, there'd be no cradles to rock. <laughs> no cradle. And, and that brings me around to, because we're going to run out of time, and you got to come back. Because this is, I know, you got to come back. I would love to. Okay. I'll get you for February. You are going to do a new... Um, a, a new show, a new thing called My Part, Empowerment mm. Through Accountability. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Because when, when you said that, my first thought was, yeah, that's opposite of the Me Too movement. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually how it came about. Um, I really? was in Vancouver and I was giving a speech and I called it My Part and I talked about when I was sexually assaulted in high school and how I needed to get to that place where I understood how I contributed to that situation. And it wasn't an easy place to get to, and it had to be done without shame and blame. And he was still wrong to do what he did. Um, sometimes we think when we look at our part, it, it absolves the other person of their guilt, and that's not the case at all. And so um, I talked about that, how I was unpopular in high school, and I'd moved from one province to another. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any friends. And this guy paid attention to me, and he was popular. And I thought, oh, I can I can get popular through this guy. Like, I didn't even really like him. Um, but that was how I contributed. That's why I put myself in a situation where I probably shouldn't have put myself in. And the Me Too movement doesn't, while it's done an awful lot of good, and I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, I think there's been an awful lot of finger pointing and not on a very much personal accountability. And so after I gave that speech, I had people coming and saying, oh, my God, can we talk about this further, which has now developed into a course that I'm putting together about how do we um, own all of the choices that we've made in our life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and and how through that we become empowered and um, get to stand in our own worth that we have created for ourselves that we're not um, in a victim state to try to achieve. And it frees us. That empowerment frees us to become better within ourselves because one of my philosophies is, you know, in the past is the past. The good, the bad, the ugly. That is the past. Yeah, my bad decisions created some episodes that I would have preferred not to have happened. That being said, it didn't define who I am. It was defining moments, but it does not mm-hmm. define me. Right. And we never know where we're going to end up based on a decision that we've made. Right? So I've made some really crappy decisions in my life, and then 10 years later go, oh, here's the gift. Yes. I would not be able to do what I'm doing right now had that not happened to me, or I had not made the choices that led to that. Um, But I think when we can own all of the choices that we made without the shame and the blame, and I think that is key, um, we get to respond to the world around us in a much healthier way Um, because we're carrying a level of awareness with us. And, And we can use that empowerment to give sage wisdom and advice to others when they come to us because we've walked that path, it's not their path, but we've walked that same path. Mm-hmm. And while we don't, you know, we, we have this thing of, I understand how you feel. No, you don't. I can empathize with how you feel. I don't understand how you feel because your feelings are your feelings, but I can empathize with your, with your feelings. Mm-hmm. Then, yes. Well, don't get me started on empathy because that is a whole other word that I don't think we understand properly too. Oh, we got to do that the next show. We have to that would be the, the, the E word. We dealt with the yes. F word. Now we can deal with the E word. Yes. <laughs> okay, February empathy. 
What an amazing yes. hour, Allison. Oh, my. We are down to the last few minutes. Oh, man. I'm telling you, what an absolutely amazing hour. Oh, it's been Jeez. such a treat talking to you. I've absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. You have made my week. Oh, thank you. Likewise. I, this has been so much fun because <laughs> we get to verbalize these things that have bubbled up to the surface. And most people look at me like I have two heads like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't wear vagina hats on my head. I don't have them. (laughs) (laughs) If people don't see I'm a woman, then that's their problem. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God, you cracked me up. And you will come back, right? So we can do this again. <laughs> oh my God! You'll need to come on my show too. I would be love to. Just yes, let's make that happen. Okay, you tell me what day, and I'll make it. I'll make it happen. Tell these lovely folks where you can be found. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at dominosinking.com. That's my website, and uh, my contact information's there. I love hearing what people have to say. If you have any questions, I answer all of my emails, so feel free to shoot me off email at info at dominothinking.com. And, of course, you can find me on social media. Yeah, she's on Facebook. She didn't accept my friend's request yet, but I've sent her one. So. Are you no, sure? You, you answered uh, my message, but you didn't accept my friend's request. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know what it is, is I end up with all of these weird requests. So, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever, I go through and I actually look at each person that's requested and gone, no, this is like a scam site. This is a scam. This is, <laughs> But it takes a long time to do that. But I don't want creepers on my page. I, I, I kill the creepers. I send the monkeys after them so they don't bother me anymore. <laughs> well, I've accepted your friend request now. I'm so sorry. Wait. That's okay. I think no less of you, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Your self-worth is safe with me. <laughs> oh, because I needed that to come from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. amazing and if you learn nothing else tonight learn you are enough remember I say this at the end of every show people will forget your name they will forget what you look like but they will never ever ever forget how you've made them feel and if you run across somebody that lacks self-worth smile at them help them gain their self-worth and if you want to achieve greatness Please stop asking permission because ain't nobody going to give it to you. Right, Allison? Absolutely. Telling you, people think they have to go out and ask permission to breathe the air. You don't. You just go out and do it. Be great. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Love Love yourself. Like yourself. Love your children. Like your children and teach them how to be great. We are going to pick up Paul Thaler's show on Tuesday night, the one that got blown up by the storm the other night. Allison, don't hang up when the show goes dark. Just hang on with me because i got some things for you. But ladies and gentlemen, we will do five shows next week because Paul Thaler is a very, very interesting person, and I I promised him that we would get him back on the show. So we're going to have a full week. Allison is going to come back. If I can talk her into it, I've got to have her as a regular on the show next year. She'll just do one night a month. That would make me happy because we could talk about all those words. All <laughs> the words. We go through the whole alphabet. <laughs> yeah, go through the entire alphabet because she has so much wisdom. She can help you all learn how to understand you are enough. Doesn't matter your station in life. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter where you came from. Doesn't matter what side of the tracks you were born on. Doesn't matter what state you were in. You are enough. Is that right, Allison? Absolutely. You're a freaking miracle. <laughs> That's right. So with that being said, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, 
This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with the most amazing woman on the earth, radio host and author, Allison Donahue. Share this show, listen to this show, and know you are enough. You're wonderful because you are part of the thread of our past, our present, and our future. So join us again on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time when we start another unfilled and exciting week. Until then, we say good evening. We are off the air. Thank you again, Allison, so much. This was the best show. Oh, my God, you're such a hoot. (laughs) (laughs) I will be on your show anytime you want me to be. (laughs) We'll have so much fun because there's so much to teach people. And now what 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 what's gonna happen when we get off this this? What we're talking about now is gonna show up in the archive part of the show. So people listen listen to the archives, they're gonna hear this, which is fine with me. But okay. when it archives, I'm going to put the link on my page. I'm going to tag you in it. This is my gift to you. You take the show and put it everywhere. Okay. Tomorrow this show is going to go up on Spreaker and SoundCloud and iTunes and YouTube and iHeartRadio, Reverb Nation, FM.com, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Garden, and Podcast.com. And Fantastic. when I and it, this is how it gets out to 200 countries and 200,000 listeners. When I put it up on on Podcast Garden, Podcast.com, Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, Spreaker. I will post those links on my page and tag you in it, and then you okay. can take those and spread it around. Sounds great. So you're going to be get heard on everywhere. That. And yeah. I will send you some dates in February, and you tell me what dates are good for you, and we'll just get you back on the show and talk about the E-word. Fantastic. Um, and if you want to go to my website, dominothinking.com, um, you can go to the radio page, and there's a scheduler link there. So you can book a time to be on my show. Now, coming the new year, right now I'm talking a lot about men's rights and feminism, but I think in the new year I'm just going to go back to talking about just a variety of different information-type shows like I did before. Like I had somebody talking about pit bulls, and I had somebody talking about um, his life as a BDSM master and prison reform and all sorts of, you know, variety of shows. I'm getting a little bit bored of this men's rights and feminism stuff. But not saying we can't talk about it, but um, when you go on my website, you're gonna, there's going to be a form there, and I just haven't updated it yet to okay. be more about general stuff. So just answer whatever you want. <laughs> it's kind well, of what I'm getting at. You, you pick the topic, and we'll talk about it. Um, it doesn't really matter to me. If we end up talking about feminism, I'm totally cool with mm-hmm. that. Like if that's something you want to talk about, um, we can talk about it. It's um, I do my show much like you do, and we just sort of – Go by whatever comes up. <laughs> See, I knew I would like you. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Um, so, yeah, definitely go thing. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and check it all out. And, um, yeah, if you, um, and I have um, a promo code for a free audio book if, um, if you want to offer it to your listeners. Okay. What is it? Um, shit. It is. She forgot. She forgot it I, already. I, yeah, I am. I just asked my social media people to put it together for me, um, but I'm gonna have to. Shit, what is it? Um, God, you see, there's too many messages, too many places for people to find me. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish I could just like have something that could just be filtered into. Um, um, I have several I have several emails for that very I have several emails because of that reason. Oh. Like off the same radio has its own email. Then I have mm-hmm. my, my other email. Then I have uh Florida author Yvonne Mason for my Gmail because if I don't I drown in emails. Yeah, well, I have multiple emails, too. What I don't like is when people hit me up on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and I can't, I don't know where I connected with them. Uh-huh. If there should be an app that every time you got a message, it just went into an app, <laughs> and yeah, you could just check one place, then everybody could communicate in the place that they liked best, but you would get it all in the place you liked best. But Somebody it's called... 
somebody should. I totally think it would be a good idea. Um, but, you know, it would be hard to get Facebook to agree to it because then you wouldn't go to Facebook to check your messages. No, that's true. Yeah. So the um, promo code is called Radio Gift. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the promo code for Allison Donahue's book for a free ebook is called Radio Gift. Write that down and go check her out. And yes, I'm going to be on her show. We just got to get it all nailed down. And yes, she's coming back on this show. And we're going to talk about all kinds of things again. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, my darling, thank you so, so much for spending an hour with me. It was the end to a perfect oh, Well, you week. totally made my weekend. <laughs> now you can put a smile on your face all weekend when you think about this show. Uh, that's right. I needed something to be all smiley about today. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. Yes. And I'll, yes. I'll send you some February dates and you tell me what's good for you. That would be brilliant. All right, my darling, thank you again. You're marvelous, simply marvelous. Oh, thanks, Yvonne. How are you? We'll talk later. <laughs> okay, take care. <laughs> Good night. Night. <laughs>